0: Cultures around the world have always looked to nature as a source of both increased health and wellness. While modern science continues to support this connection, we spend the majority of our time indoors. Welcome to the Nature of Wellness podcast, where we explore the relationship between the natural world and the human experience. Join us as we discuss all things nature, health, and well-being we truly believe the future of health is now.
1: Hey there and welcome to the very first episode of the Nature of Wellness Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Campbell, and with me is one of my favorite people in the world. He's a Knowles certified outdoor educator, a phenomenal human human being. My favorite co-host in the world, <laughs> Steve Otero. <laughs> hey Mark. How's it going? How are doing you, Steve? Well, buddy?
2: Uh, I'm doing great, man. It's beautiful, changing the seasons time of year. Um, how are you out there on your end?
1: Oh man, it's good. It's good. I'm just I'm glad that we're finally able to do this. I know it's been a long time coming. Yes, uh, right. We've talked about this for a while. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and nobody told us when we decided to start a podcast that it was a logistical nightmare. Hey, lots uh, of learning. <laughs> lots of learning. So hopefully uh, this recording of episode one will will make it in time um i'm really excited about it. i'm really excited to be here i'm excited to be here with you on this journey um and i'm really pumped about you know the list of guests we have in the future yeah. uh the amount of good we can do with with the knowledge that we're going to present on this podcast just really exciting
2: yeah d- 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 plenty of cool interesting conversations coming up um right it, just a, a whole uh Interesting cocktail of human perspectives related to nature, being outside, right, taking good care of ourselves, and using nature as part of that tool.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, tell me, uh, what's the weather like out there?
2: I mean, it's definitely changing seasons, right? It's golden leaves, red leaves. I mean, you I, I know, I, I live in, I think, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. You know, Crested Butte, Colorado, and so uh, it's. Uh, I, I live in a painting. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm grateful every day. I I get my nature fix, um, every time I step out my front door. So, um, how, how is it on your and on the East coast? Oh, it's good. Uh, we've had a little bit of rain lately. Uh, leaves
1: are starting to change a bit. Um, I mean, expecting them to, to be in full color anytime. My favorite time of year, admittedly. So I'm excited that we're doing this right now. And (laughs) as far as pumpkin
2: spice. Oh, no, I,
1: (laughs) I used to, I used to, uh, fall into the pumpkin spice camp, but uh <laughs> I think I've outgrown it or I've had too much of it. I don't know. I, I do enjoy pumpkin. Um, I think it gets our
2: pumpkin spice lovers, right? Not no, 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 not it. at
1: all. Not at all. I probably <laughs> had too much of it, to be honest. Um but, you know, every time I think about where you live, painting is is the word that comes to mind. You know, I always think Bob Ross is when I when I have you on Zoom calls, I think Bob Ross is uh painting what's outside your window. <laughs> yeah. So uh I really Really excited for this time of year. I can't wait to see how the weather's changing out there as we as we progress. You know, I have spent a lot of time in Colorado over the years; one of my favorite places in the world. Um, so I'm glad it's we no get to bring scene, this man. perspective, East Coast and and out west.
2: Yeah, we're we're both. I mean, we're like we halfway across the country. Right? I'm, yeah, and I'm like smack dab in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. Um, you're, you're far East Coast, I guess. Maybe if we progress in the future, we bring in some of our West Coast folks and um, yeah. Get some of their perspective too. I think that'd be
1: great. And then, then move international. So why not shoot for the moon early on, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I got some
2: buddies in Germany. Uh, perfect. They'll, they'll take us any day.
1: Well, you know, I think, uh, and again, I should have said I'm outside of Baltimore in Maryland. So it's not nearly as picturesque as, as what you've got going on there. But uh, I spend as much time as I can outside here and in the state parks and national parks, which we have a lot around the D.C. area. Beauty uh, so it's just a, a beautiful area is anywhere you go if you know where to look.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, or it just takes a takes a moment, right? We just choose to look and see it, yeah, find it.
1: Absolutely. So here we are, man. I mean, this is kind of surreal. Yeah. Um, I know that you're very uh, self admittedly half a click away from being off grid out there in Colorado, which <laughs> I absolutely love. You walk the talk as much as anybody I've ever known. I'm really excited about people to get to to meet you through this medium and to to hear more about your story, which is phenomenal um really sort of the epitome of why I wanted to do this and why I wanted to start the nature of wellness idea and organization and you know starting with the podcast and growing it in other ways yeah. but i'm just i'm super excited about people to learn more about you and and how nature has personally impacted your levels of health and well-being throughout your journey
2: well back at you i mean i i wish I, if i had a mirror i'd i'd hold it right on up because you know this is our first episode right we're here we made it and um, my hope right this episode, we can talk a little bit about you learn Mm. about you. We can share some of your story, your perspective, um, you know, what brought you here, what, what kind of gave you this general idea to focus on um, nature as a component of wellness. Um, so let's jump right into it. If you don't mind, um, can, can, can you tell us a bit about your background and why, why wellness?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I grew up in a small town in Kentucky, very rural area. And, um, some of my peers in wellness have referred to it as the gravy belt. Um, (laughs) I guess because we enjoy our fried food there, but (laughs) you know, I grew up in a really small town and my mom was a nurse and methodist at the hospital, one of two in the County. So she was always working on call every other night throughout my lifetime. Um, I spent I don't even know how many hours I spent at the hospital with my mom just to be around my mom, eating dinner in the cafeteria. And, you know, the, the hospital family was like a second family for us. Uh, but having her you know, sort of as a guide for health and what health should look like. And, you know, my dad was a coal miner and that was on the other end of the spectrum of health. Yeah. Right. So I got to see it both ways um, as I grew Health and well-being sort of uh, fell into my lap as far as education. Um, My background educationally, I have uh, degrees in – my first degree is in English and communication, which I always joke meant I could be a waiter with a big vocabulary. (laughs) Good foundation. Good foundation. It actually turned out to be a a stellar foundation for everything else I've done. But um, on the health and wellness side, I've been a licensed massage therapist. I've got degrees in exercise science and sports medicine. A master's in sport and exercise psychology, um, uh, my PhD is in health promotion and wellness, which is sort of an umbrella for all of the other things. Yeah. Uh, and through my experiences, uh, you know, I, I was the lead for performance psychology, one of the leads, uh, for the U S army. Uh, I was the lead for all of the work with army medicine and the warrior transition command, which was the army's wounded ill and injured soldier program. um, uh-huh. And we developed a wellness-based program that helped soldiers, their families, their cadre and staff with the transition process, either return to duty or separate and serve as a veteran in their communities. Um, And it wasn't just about physical recovery. It was maybe at first, but then we quickly saw how every other dimension or domain of life was affected throughout this process, not just for the soldier, but for the family members and the staff. So it really allowed for a lot of... Good conversations, a lot of really outside of the box thinking as far as healthcare at the time, uh, bringing in wellness. And then that led to, uh, working with the adaptive sports program or adaptive reconditioning program, which is part of my background. I worked with the uh, Paralympic games in Athens in 2004 wow. as a massage therapist. And, uh, uh, I was dual credentialed as a physiotherapist in Greece because of my sports medicine background. Um, and we were able to bring adaptive sports into the army program as part of the recovery process. And then that led to events like the warrior games. And then uh, eventually I moved up to the office of the secretary of defense and became the senior subject matter expert for all of military adaptive sports programming in the DOD. So all branches Uh, warrior games was one of my, my events and then uh, Prince Harry's Invictus games, I was one of the lead U.S. planners for that, for the first one in London in 2014. And again, everything was very holistic. We looked at sport not just as a physical recovery tool, but uh, how does it impact all areas of life holistically? Not just for the service member, but again, for their family, for their staff, their leadership, uh, getting everybody involved. And Then uh, I got a call from Major League Baseball. I worked for a a director of mental conditioning for Major League Baseball team for a number of years, uh, won a World Series. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Again, looking at it holistically, you know, I was I was there to help with the mental and emotional side of performance. But I knew from my experiences working with the military and other really elite types of performers that it went well beyond one aspect. It was more than just mental, more than just emotional. I was part of the uh, medical team, so I was able to work closely with the training staff and the doctors and the nutritionist and really develop a program that was interdisciplinary and holistic and just a lot of fun. So now, um, you know, I have my own consulting company. I still do a lot of performance consulting, professional athletes, musicians, uh, CEOs, but I had this idea for Nature of Wellness, like I said, back in May, and I was actually at REI. And was talking to one of the guys working there, and he was telling me how he just separated from the Navy. And he was having a little bit of a trouble with his transition. And he said, I just love being outside. I miss being outside. So my wife told me, hey, I'm making good money. You know, go do something outside that brings you joy. So he started working at REI because he understood gear and he loved it. And um, now he's decided he wants to go back and work as like a National Parks law enforcement officer. So he's working in that tract, And I started thinking, wow, that's, you know, we don't really talk about that. There's so much great work happening around the world in the nature space and the wellness space. And, you know, there are some touch points here and there. But unless you know exactly where to look or you're part of certain tribes, it's really hard to know what's going on. So I wanted to create this as an outlet and a mouthpiece for all of the amazing work that's happening out there. Uh, As soon as I breathe life into it. Like I said, support started just rolling in from the medical side, the nature side, the outdoor retail side. Uh, so I knew immediately that we were on to something. Uh, we have big plans, as you know, Steve, and I'm just really excited to start here and now and to see where this thing goes. It's been so much fun. I, I'm more excited right now going into this than I've ever been in any other project I've been a part of. Oh,
2: it's amazing, Mark. You know, your story is your inspiring and, um, you know, I'd grateful to be a part of this journey with you. Um, How do you choose to interact with the natural world? You know, what are some of your, your choices, right? Your preferences?
1: Yeah. No, well, nature's always been a big part of my life. Um, In the little town I talked about growing up in, it was in a valley. We were surrounded by, I, I learned not to say mountains because you have mountains, Colorado, <laughs>
2: I'm not comparing. It's okay. <laughs> surrounded by Hills, right?
1: Mountains to us, one road in, one road out. So literally we were always in nature, always playing in the, in the Hills. And uh, there's a state park just outside the city limits sign. And we spent so much time there uh, hiking and, you know, playing in the woods. Um, so I, I've carried that with me throughout my life and I make sure to have daily interactions with nature. It's a big part of my life now. Honestly, in any way that I can, any way that my schedule supports, that might be 20 minutes of sitting out on my deck, uh, drinking coffee and and journaling, or it might be going for a five mile hike. But most mornings I take my dog out for what I call a wellness walk, um, anywhere from three to five miles, you know, mostly what he's willing to do that day. Um, and it might be (laughs) in a local green space. It might be in a state park that's nearby, but every single morning try to get three to five miles in. Uh, always come across wildlife, foxes, deer, uh, it's just, it's so beautiful. And, you know, with where I'm at right now in my career, I'm on a lot of virtual calls like a lot of other people. Yeah. Right. I do a lot of, uh, virtual sessions with clients, keynotes, uh, podcasting as a guest. And now this, uh, so getting outside for me is incredibly important. I can definitely feel it when I've been inside for too long. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) So Then that leads me to think about what about nature inspires you. Yeah. Um, What doesn't
1: inspire me about nature? I mean, (laughs) you and I have had these talks for years um, about the power of nature and how it's impacted us. And, you know, for me, probably the biggest thing that inspires me is that nature persists. Right. Nature heals. Nature keeps moving. Um, Nature is the great equalizer. I love saying that. It's a great equalizer. It doesn't care about age or gender or race, I- identity, ability level, anything else that we put so much attention on daily. Nature is just always there for us, right? For whatever reason we need it to be. And uh, it never asks us for anything in return. It's just always there giving. Right. And I, I think we've seen that during, during the pandemic, you know, when we were in quarantine, which was a tough time for everybody. Sure, um, You saw, nature sort of healing itself and different animal species being visible again oh, when yeah. they haven't been for years and years and right. years and um, pollution cleaning up, cleaning itself up and clearing up in certain areas of the world. And yeah. it's just, it's incredible. And you know, I learned about the Gaia theory long ago in school, right? Nature's always going to cleanse itself. Uh, it, I love the fact that it doesn't ask us to do anything. It's just <laughs> always there in whatever way you need it to be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well then, so what, was there, um, was there a particular instance or some moments, you know, throughout your life that, that, that really brought you to have an affinity for nature and have a part of your life?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, back to growing up, I can't think of a time when, when I wasn't outside and, you know, it was a different time. So we, we were basically kicked out of our house early in the morning and, <laughs> you know, the only parameter was to be home before the streetlights came on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, we spent—I can't even tell you how many days in the woods, fishing, hiking, camping. You know, <laughs> became the happiest of happy places for me, and it still is. And whenever life got really tough for me, um, I, I would turn to nature, and I still do that. And I—I I turn to nature a lot for professional lessons too that I use with my clients. Yeah, right about adversity and persistence and adaptation. Nothing talks to us about adapting more than nature.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, I don't know. I I love it. You know, COVID was tough on me like it has been for everybody else. And, um, you know, I lost people that were close to me um, to the to the virus. And if it wasn't for nature during the past couple of years, I don't know if I would have made it myself. Um, Just getting outside as much as I can, even going outside and gardening. Which yeah. I don't I don't wanna to give too much away, man. We've got an idea and all of these guests and it's lined up <laughs> that we're gonna talk about all of these topics in depth. <laughs> so I don't wanna to say too much right away. But just gardening and getting your hands in the soil and yeah. you know, the the incredible impact it has on your health and well being. It's just it's it's beautiful. I don't know how else to say it. It's just beautiful.
2: So can you expand a little bit then and, and help us and help any listeners or viewers right in the future, um, help us understand how nature impacts well-being.
1: Oh man, I could talk about this for days. Um, (laughs) so many ways. And, you know, honestly, that's the main reason we're doing this, right. Is to, to make it clear and understood how much nature truly affects every single aspect of our, our life and health and existence. And, I mean, physically, it lowers our stress, which is the number one cause for doctor visits year after year. Uh, it lowers our heart rate, lowers blood pressure, it helps us restore attention. It helps us to increase calm and mental clarity, it lowers symptoms of anxiety and depression. Uh, it's been shown to lengthen our lifespan. People that interact with nature regularly have longer lives. Yeah. Right. Um, social benefits, man, the connection, uh, belonging, and you know, you're a fly fisherman. You're an outdoorsman. You know that if, you're, if, if you belong to a certain outdoor group, you're in, right? And it's so fun to see different groups interact. Triathletes have their own way of interacting. <laughs> sure. Right? Fly fishermen have their – or fly fishers have their own way of interacting. Yeah. Right? Hikers, mountain bikers. And it's so great. I mean, bird watchers. You don't have to oh. get extreme. Gardeners, you know, so just that sense of belonging and social connection spiritually, spiritual well being has been a a huge topic for me in recent years. But spiritual well being at its core is about three things it's about values, relationships, and purpose or meaning. Mm -hmm. And you know, nature gives us all of that. I, I challenge anybody to walk outside and look around at the sky and how big the world is and not feel like a small piece of a much bigger thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that could go on and on. And we will throughout the life of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we've got some pretty amazing experts across so many different fields lined up for this. And um, my biggest challenge is to not give away too much too soon, but you know, I just want people to understand that it's coming and it's going to be cool. That's awesome, um, yeah. It's just truly an exciting time to be in wellness I'm a senior fellow with the National Wellness Institute for, uh, my role is for healthcare and ability levels. Nature plays a part in all of that. So being heavily involved in the wellness field as it's growing right now has been so much fun. It's just such a pleasure. And to see how nature interacts with that is just mind boggling. To see the evidence-based research that's out there, supporting how nature impacts health and seeing how there's a disconnect because I talk to physicians daily and I always throw out statistics about nature and how it impacts health. And they're usually pretty astonished by that. (laughs) Right. Like I have two of my neighbors in the neighborhood here are uh, physicians here locally and one at a pretty prestigious university locally. And I was talking about getting their two young boys out into nature and I threw out a bunch of different stats about different things. And she said, why have I never heard this? Oh, you know, and I hear that more than you'd ever probably believe. So that's another reason this podcast and this company excites me because I really just want to make this mainstream. I don't want it to be a niche thing. I don't want it to be a, you have to belong to this or any sort of exclusivity attached to it. Nature is for all of us. Wellness is for everybody. Somebody said you've picked the two broadest topics you can talk about, nature and wellness. (laughs) (laughs) And Steve, I love it. Yeah, because we're never going to run out of things to talk about, right? you know?
2: Yeah. To, to the end of our days, we could chat about this, right? I mean, and, and, and that, right, even that um, uh, identifier, right? The end of one's days, I mean, that, that can be altered, right? Yeah, um, and so, Well, that leads me to think about, do you, you have, uh, do you have like a, a particular nature ethic or a, a way that you approach, you know, getting outside and, and, and treating nature?
1: Oh, well, that's a great question. Um, you know, at my core, I'm I'm holistic. Everything I've ever done, the way I've set up my life educationally and, and professionally, it's just been holistic. Right. I look through a lot of different lenses with everything I do. Um if I had to choose one, I'd have to say holism. Honestly. Okay. You know, it's a term that first came about, I think, in the twenties. Uh so about a hundred years ago. Yeah. You know, I consider the environment the environmental systems. As a whole, rather than individual parts, you have to look at the whole. Right, and while humans are the most dominant and superior beings in nature, we are also expected to be the most responsible. Yeah, you know, and and we are responsible for keeping our environment, our planet, habitable, clean. Right, and that that offers a level of respect. And I talk to a lot of folks about their kids and getting their kids into nature. And one of my favorite phrases of all time is when you raise a kid in nature you're creating an adult who will respect and take care of nature. Yeah. You know, and I see that you see that, you know, you've got young kids, you see it in them for sure. When you get kids outside and you can teach them about nature, they're going to care for it. They're going to love it. They're going to want to have it for a long time.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. They develop that value. Right. Um, Absolutely. We we role model that for the next generation, right? All all of us can, Uh, even if they're not our own kids. Right. I mean, it's, we, we interact. We can interact with young people, you know, each and every day, and kind of show them, right, show them the way, um, which leads me to my next question. You know, what uh, what might be some of your most memorable moments in the outdoors and wilderness, or or urban, you know, outdoors, right? With green spaces and you know, beautiful yeah. cities all over the world.
1: Gosh, um, I have a lot of them. Uh, you know, I'll pick a couple. Some of my earliest memories are of my grandfather taking me for walks across the creek from his house and. His house was deep in the in the country, um, but he would always wake me up early. It's still dark outside. I'll never forget. I was really small, and his father in law actually owned the mountain range across the creek from his house. Sold wow. it during the depression for I think three thousand dollars, 3500 oh, bucks man. or something. Um, but it's somewhere where he grew up. My grandmother grew up. They knew it very well, and you know he would take me across the creek. We'd go up to the top of the mountain and just sit. And we would watch the sunrise over the top of the mountain. And he always called that watching the world wake up. And I just, I loved it so much. And just, you would see the flowers open and hear the stirring of the animals. And just, it truly was the world waking up and it wasn't, it wasn't doing it for us. We were just part of it.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> and I'm a big mindfulness guy, as you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I love mindfulness for the the aspects of being present, but also just being part of the moment, not trying to make your the moment about you, just accepting and embracing the fact that this moment is huge, and we're just a small part of it. And that's what those those moments in nature with my grandfather meant to me. It was It was so beautiful, and um, you know, I still do that. I still go outside every morning before the sun comes up, have coffee watch as the world wakes up and you can see squirrels stirring and birds and deer will come out of the tree line. And <laughs> it's just, it's, it's such a special time for me. Um, also, as I mentioned, I love fly fishing. I go as often as I can and I try to go early. I mean, I'm always the first person there on the river, uh, with the fog rolling in and, you know, just watching the world wake up on the river. It's just beautiful.
2: Now, do you work in a, in a more natural environment or are you more office based uh, urban?
1: Yes. I mean, right now I'm, I'm in a home office, um, but I can work from anywhere. so I try to, uh, to move around and have a lot of walk and talk FaceTime sessions with people or phone calls. Uh, you know, I've spent so many years of my life, like a lot of the rest of us working in an office under fluorescent lights. Yeah, I heavily, heavily contributed, Steve, to that stat of the average American spending about 94% of their life indoors right now. <laughs> um, that was that was me for many years, especially working with the government. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd only go outside to drive to work, maybe walk to lunch, which was right around the corner. Um, but now I, st- I start every day outside, like I said. Um, walk my dog every morning. I get outside periodically throughout the day and take him for another walk or just, you know, sit out by the trees. Um, I just, I need that. I can't be inside for too long. I can start to feel it and everything about me changes. My health changes, my mood changes. So I, I, I know when I need to walk outside, even for 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, it's just a little shot of, of what, you know, Richard Lou would call vitamin N. Yeah. And it just, it just keeps me going a little shot of nature.
2: Nice man. That's, so, can you tell me tell me a little bit about a challenge maybe uh, in in life that that nature helped you navigate?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but the most recent one that comes to mind is is uh, earlier this year with COVID, and um, I lost my mom in the spring to COVID, which was uh, obviously extremely tough. But my mom was a the career caregiver. Yeah. Um, so she was always sort of a superhero figure for me and to see what the virus did to her and to see her in the ICU, it, you know, it was really tough for me. And my siblings and I were there with her when she passed and it was, um, you know, for what it was, it was a beautiful experience and to be able to, to have that moment with her. And, you know, my brother and I left the hospital and, and drove directly to the beach, and we went to my mom's favorite place in Florida, and uh, she would go and just sit in her car and watch, watch dolphins, watch people kayaking and paddleboarding. Her health nice. is, ha- wasn't great for a long time, but she would still get out and watch. And you know, the, the weather that morning was insanely foggy. It was really foggy and overcast, but we wanted to honor her by going to that spot. And uh, you know, while we were there the sun just started shining so brightly behind the fog. And even though the fog was there, the sun was just brilliant and it was so surreal. I've never seen it like that before. People were stopping their car and taking photos <laughs> and it was just, it was such a beautiful moment. And I'm glad I got to share it with my brother and, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the meaning behind it, but I know, I know in my heart that that was my mom saying, you know, everything's okay. And, you know, every time I've struggled with her passing, I would go out into nature and just, just be, you know, just reflect, take in the sunshine, take in the air. It's really helped me deal with something that could have been absolutely debilitating. Sure. And with my brother, my brother hadn't been fishing in like 30 years. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, but now he goes and it, it's helped him tremendously. Just being in nature, being on the river, um, it, it's it's been a game changer for him.
2: As well. Yeah, the river. Uh, so many um, uh, metaphors, uh, leveraging nature and, and different components of nature, parts of the environment, right? And the river, yeah. I think I share I share that affinity with you. That just the river is, the river is peace. The river is calm. The river, even even a raging river, it just can make you feel some type of way, right?
1: And the river just keeps flowing, Steve. Yeah,
2: with <laughs> or without us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know. So, what do you? What would you like, something in particular, what would you like the world to know about nature you know, from from your perspective? Is there something you know, particular about it that you can share?
1: Honestly, if I had one message, I would say, find what works for you. you know, I, as I said earlier, nature is there for whatever we need. Okay. Um, people, ourselves included, Steve, can suggest different nature activities. Yeah. Right. And I know that's part of both of our professional lives. Right. Ultimately, each of us has to find what works best for us, you know, and if you have access to rural settings or forest or green space, take advantage of it as much as you can, right? But if, if you live in an urban environment, find a tree or find a patch of unobstructed sky or, you know, visit it often, be with nature in any way you can bring plants <laughs> inside when you can, yeah. right? Make it part of your family culture to be part of nature, to be with nature and normalize it. I know that's something that you do that, that I'm just constantly in awe of when I shoot you a text and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm rafting with my kids. I'll get back (laughs) to you later. And I I love that. I love it. You know, it's, you're always including that and it's just normal for your family. Right. And I have no doubt that your kids are going to grow up to respect nature and be stewards of nature and, and just keep this thing going. I love it.
2: I'm super grateful for it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Cause it's just, you know, one, I, well, I'm, I'm not so happy that I can get cell phone service when I'm at the put in, you know, <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just not, I'd rather it not even exist, but I anyway, know for safety and with little kids, um, I still am, you know, just a single human. And even if, you know, i have my partner out with me, it's just not the same, you know, we, we need a little bit of safety net, um, juggling littles, you know, yeah. but you know for for you what's uh, what's what's future fun coming up outside right we're talking a little bit about raft you know what's what's coming up outside for you trips or work or any any outside goals?
1: Man, it's my favorite time of year, honestly um, I love I love the fall. I love just the festivals I love how everybody wants to come outside in the fall yeah right? Everybody throws on the flannel and the Ugg boots or whatever it is and they just go outside <laughs> and just and just enjoy it and uh, you know I plan to do as much of that as I can. Uh, all the cheesy stuff, I'm going to go apple picking I'm going to, uh, just all of it. You know, I, I try to fish at least once a week. Okay. And, um, you know, the spot I go to is on the gunpowder river, which is North of me, uh, about a 45 minute drive on a good day. And I just go get lost there once a week and just be, if I catch a fish, that's great. I always jokingly say the day I go out there to catch fish is probably the last day I'm going to go out there. Um, I just love being part of that ecosystem and being, you know, kind of quiet and secluded. Yeah. Like, like you're saying, no, no cell phone service. Right. And just uh, maybe I'll see a hiker or two or another fisherman. <laughs> you know, a fly fisher walk by, but it, it's my time. And right now it's so beautiful with the, the trees changing and everything. It's just, it's so great. So uh, as far as work trips, um, I don't know, I'll do some speaking, in a few months, I'll uh, get back on the speaking circuit, and uh, yeah, it's I mean, really trying to focus efforts on this because I, I do believe in it not just the podcast, but growing everything else, which we'll talk about at a later time on the podcast with the yeah. business. Uh, and it's just a fun time,
2: all right. Well, I think we are going to transition into a segment of our show, right? That we are calling the Fast Five, right? I said five quick questions, uh, sort of, I don't know, say down and dirty, uh, very, very specific. So that maybe, uh, the answers might inspire others to consider, uh, some of their own choices, right? Yeah. So, Ready. uh, answer as fast as you can, right. That's the okay. goal, right? Just, just come up, you know, right, right off the top of your heart. Okay? okay. All right. So, uh, number one, where's your favorite spot to get outdoors?
1: <sighs> wow. Um, In the past couple of years, I've really been taking advantage of the state parks nearby. Uh, So if I'm going hiking, I have specific trails that are my go-tos that I love. I love seeing them change as the seasons change. Uh, They're beautiful and quiet. And and, uh, one in particular has a couple of waterfalls that are just magical. And I love to stop and meditate there whenever I can. And I always take my dog with me and he just loves it too. So I'm going to say that
2: yeah okay so number two what's your preferred outdoor activity
1: uh hiking for sure fly fishing is is probably number one um absolutely hooked pun oh, very very oh. intended yeah. <laughs> uh I do it as often as i can it's it's the thing that as soon as I started doing it regularly I said this is what I'm gonna do until I'm a very old man um <laughs> so that's that's the one for me
2: okay favorite food to eat outside favorite <laughs> food Uh, s'mores hands Uh, down. I love
1: campfires. I love the smell of wood smoke and, and s'mores. (laughs) I Go along with that.
2: Do you have a favorite animal? Favorite
1: animal? Has to be my dog, Mac, uh, (laughs) lab mix. He's my furry life coach. He's always at my side. So yeah, hands down.
2: All right. Last one. Number five. If you could only go to one outdoor spot for the rest of your life, where would that be?
1: Oh my. Uh, okay. So, I just got back from a trip to Vermont and, uh, there's this little 1930s farmhouse that I stay at. It's on four private acres, this peninsula, a river on one side, stream on the other side. Uh, literally the river is 30 feet from the house. It's just absolutely stunning. Leaves are are starting to change. It's secluded, uh, fished every day. So it's a little bit of paradise. Um, it's an annual trip for me, literally roll out of bed cup of coffee five minutes i'm I'm waist deep in the river so uh honestly i'm I'm gonna have to say that yeah
2: that sounds beautiful i'd I'd love to go visit there someday
1: we'll have to go do do a podcast from there
2: yeah oh yeah uh so uh, here here's a little bonus one do you have a favorite uh, nature quote or saying idiom
1: uh you know I'm a quote guy um uh, so this is gonna be tough for me too <laughs> uh Okay, first one that comes to mind is by John Muir. And into the forest I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Ah, yes. And that has a lot of meaning for me because once I get out there, it's kind of like I, my mind goes clear and I just start finding my soul and my purpose and meaning and every single time. That's
2: beautiful, brother. Uh, just, just beautiful. You know, I, I'm so grateful to have had this time to share this time with you. And yeah, to to be able to learn a little bit more, you know, there's some things in there I'd, I'd never heard about from you. And, and so thank you. I appreciate you. That's and I appreciate thank your time you, man. today.
1: Thank you. And I'm so happy to be on this journey with you. Uh, when I was thinking about co-host, you're the first and only name that came to mind. So just know that. And I'm so, so, so excited for the listeners to tune in next time and hear your story. And I can't stress that enough. Um, <laughs> I'm just really excited about that. And uh, thank you for this. This has been fun.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, man. I, you know, and as I as I stare out my little window too, it's, uh, leaves falling everywhere, just falling, 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 falling. It's kind of crazy. I'm just I'm yeah. a little distracted.
1: Oh, it's beautiful! <laughs> you live in a painting. Got it. <laughs> beautiful. Well, thank you, Steve, and thanks everybody. And until next time, do your health and well being the biggest favor you can, and just get outside.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nature of Wellness podcast hosted by Dr. Mark A. Campbell and Steve Otero. Follow us on Instagram at Nature of Wellness with new content being added frequently. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen. The content of this podcast is for general information purposes only. Nothing should be taken as legal or medical advice. The information is not intended to replace the guidance of your healthcare providers, but to create an outlet for new discussions with them.